welcome to Tuesday afternoon here on Colombo and Katie on 1019-941 News Talk STL. That's enough of that song. See get you rid of later. That thing. Bye-bye. <laughs> Just done. get rid of that thing. <laughs> Show started. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Packed Tuesday afternoon for you. Thank you for being with us. I'm Tony Colombo. My partner is Katie Fitzpatrick. And today we will be talking to a bunch of great guests. Uh, so much happening uh, out there that I want to get to. We're going to talk to um, an old friend of mine, Dennis Farrell, who some of you may remember if you have uh, listened to me and uh, over the years in various other places. Dennis is a uh, podcaster. He was a uh, he's been a, a, a sports broadcaster and podcaster for a very long time, and uh, he is also uh, very engaged in the wrestling, the pro wrestling mm-hmm. industry, and has a podcast, uh, a wrestling podcast. And, uh, of course, this Vince McMahon story is heinous, heinous and blowing up. Oh, and yeah. I think it's only going to get bigger and I think bigger. So too. Mm-hmm. And they're already starting to you already see news organizations starting to sort of try to put some of Vince McMahon's s on to Donald Trump because they're yes. good friends. Mm. So th- there's this. I think you're going to be hearing more and more of that, like as this Vince McMahon story becomes more public. Oh, you're going to start seeing it this year on campaign reporters, yeah, yeah, saying, "Hey, Mm -hmm. if this is your good, if your good friend is doing this, or if his good, if Trump's good friend is doing this, what's Trump doing? Mm -hmm. Or obviously, if this is the way his friends behave, of course, this is the way he behaves. So." I want to talk to Dennis and get uh, uh, the, the the scoop on the accusations against Vince McMahon, how serious it is, and how close we are to this bleeding over into becoming a political story. Because, of course, Linda McMahon was part of yeah. Trump's administration. She ran for Senate Republic, as a Republican in, you know, in, in New York, I think a couple of times. So, yeah, this is this story is this story is going to it's going to get big. Yeah. Um, Crane Durham, who joins us every Tuesday afternoon, is going to join us at about 245. Looking forward to catching up with Crane on uh, the various issues of the day, specifically the border issue and the continuing uh, debate surrounding that new bill. And speaking of the border, in just a few moments here, in about 10 minutes, we are going to talk to Darren Bailey. Darren is running for Congress, the Illinois uh, 12th District. For U.S. Congress, of course, Darren Bailey is the person who the Republican that ran against J.B. Pritzker, which mm-hmm. is a uh, monumental un- undertaking, a, a uh, unfortunately a futile undertaking yeah. in the state of Illinois because of the city of Chicago. Illinois is is one of those, and our list, you know, the people listening in Illinois right now know better than anybody. Much like this, the country, if you look at the map of Illinois by county, like the red blue map mm-hmm. by county, Illinois looks like a very red state. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there's no statewide Republican leadership. Yep. Because of how much Chicago runs dominates mm-hmm. and runs the state of Illinois. So, uh, 
Darren is now running for U.S. Congress in District 12, and there's I think this as we've we've talked about this race and, and other local races in the last couple of weeks. This is another one that I think is going to be under the spotlight. Mm. It's going to be a very heavily covered. Trump race. just gave Illinois big kudos not long ago because they voted to not take him off the ballot. Yeah. So he he gave them Illinois big love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Trump and the and the Trump family, I was at a rally about a month ago, if you guys remember me talking about it, uh, with Donald Trump Jr. and Darren Bailey. So Darren Bailey is uh, endorsed by the, the Trump family, and uh, that is a, a primary situation against the incumbent Mike Boss, who is a Republican as well. So um, I think that that I think this this race is going to be one of the many in our area that are not only under the spotlight here locally but under the national spotlight so very much looking forward to talking to darren bailey who's going to join us in studio again here in just a few minutes and speaking of the border he just got off a plane from the border so So we'll talk talk to him about this race and get some honesty and truth about what's happening down there uh before we get darren in the studio uh what do you get the latest on the border and the border deal Speaker Mike Johnson said today that the Senate border deal is on life support and that he hopes it dies soon. Uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson said today that he and other House Republicans welcome the dysfunction happening in the Senate over its border security and supplemental aid bill, saying, quote, Republicans simply cannot vote for the bill in good conscience. And that's why I declared it dead on arrival. And it looks like right now it may be in some jeopardy. It may be on life support in the Senate. And we welcome that (laughs) development. Uh, There's been more back and forth uh, in the 24 hours since we covered this yesterday. So here's the the latest uh, in the debate surrounding this border bill. Uh, Democrats have accused Republicans of going back on their own request for border policy changes in exchange for supporting aid to Ukraine. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said today that GOP opposition to the deal, particularly in the Senate, is a dramatic transformation in Republican thought. And Schumer said that the only reason that this is happening is because Donald Trump said so. He accused uh, the Republicans of just falling in line, that Republicans were all for this until Donald Trump came out against it. And that's the only reason they're speaking out Mm. against it. Speaker Johnson appeared to attack that accusation today at a press conference where he referenced specific points in the 370 page bill, 370 page bill that he opposed. And this is what I this is what I appreciate. Even whether I, I agree with him or not, or any, this, I appreciate when somebody is specific, yeah, and they they say exactly what's in the bill and exactly why they are either for or against. Speak that. plainly Ex- when it comes to this. Exactly, Speaker Johnson today in that press conference said, "quote Let me give you a couple of citations of just a few." of our countless concerns with the bill in the form that it was sent to us. On page 321, this is all a quote from Speaker Mike Johnson today. On page 321, for example, the bill expands work authorizations for illegal aliens, threatens American workers' wages, and also acts as another magnet for illegal immigration. It's a pull factor. You don't want to tell people around the world to come on over to the border. We'll give you work. And by the way, we'll put most of you on public assistance so that the American taxpayer 
can spend billions and billions and billions of dollars to feed and clothe and educate you. That's not the message that is helpful to send around the world. That's exactly, you brought that exact point up yesterday, something that Mark Lauder mm-hmm. brought up on the show on Friday, that as much as much as, as policy needs to be uh, needs to be passed bills need to be passed about how to operate the southern border we need to stop sending the signal around the country to come to the southern border to begin with it's it, it's yeah that that's just as important as putting in yeah the specific systems and policies of how to operate the border that might be plan stop a stop sending the invitation out yeah around the country mm mm-hmm. mhm He goes on to say, uh, quote, on page 116 of the bill, it endorses the Biden administration's catch and release policy, endorses it by allowing illegals to be, quote, released from physical from fiscal physical custody, unquote. The shutdown authority in the bill, you know, you've heard some things about it, about that. But it's riddled with loopholes. You might not have heard that part. It gives Secretary Mayorkas, who is, of course, one of the chief architects of the catastrophe that we are dealing with, the authority to undermine. So, yeah, Speaker Johnson today representing the many House Republicans. And again, I appreciate the specifics of why he is against this Border deal. And he definitely needs to be because going back to something that you and I keep talking about, he gave that ultimatum not long ago to Biden. And it was about money. It was about Ukraine. It was about Israel. And it was about the southern border. And if this if he was OK with this bill, then he went back on that ultimatum. And so it rightfully so. Speaker Johnson needs to stick to this and say there was there was something that I gave you by not long ago that has to do with all of the entities put in this bipartisan, I'll put in quotes, mm-hmm. bill. And as I said yesterday, he, along with many of the House Republicans, I would say all, need to stand by that word because this is just... The bill is chock full of other things that don't have to do with the border. Yeah. And then when it does have to do with the border, it's all middle of the road, lukewarm, little itty bitty wonky things that don't have to do with the big picture. Of and don't have any real teeth. No. A lot of the a lot of the policies in there, they're, they leave it open for the administration to opt out or decide not to use that policy like some of the stuff that's in there is it's, like they can do this we can do this if we want to yeah which means that mayorkas biden the, the administration can go no we're not going to do they that. have the ultimate say yeah and i'm glad you brought that up about about the ultimatum that that mike johnson gave biden at the end of last year before the christmas break yeah he said we're not going to get on board with funding Ukraine with more aid with more yeah. packages until you seriously address the border and and this isn't serious he's enough. not letting him off the hook with this bill that is you're exactly right not serious enough all right as I mentioned Darren Bailey who is running for Congress in the Illinois 12th district which includes a big chunk of the St. Louis metro area is here I want to talk to him about that race and about the border because he just returned 
from the southern border. So we'll get a update from somebody who has seen it with their own eyes in the last 24 hours. What's going on down there at the southern border? Darren Bailey joins us in studio next on Colombo and Katie on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. If you're watching along on the cameras, on the stream, on one of our social media platforms, Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, you'll see that we have company over. I love it when we have company over, Katie. Are we having a headphone problem? Sorry. Uh, This is what happens when... Tony is in charge of the headphones. <laughs> this is what happens when Tony's in charge of the headphones. They don't get, they don't work properly. But uh, we have Darren Bailey, as I mentioned, in studio with us, uh, running for Congress in the 12th district of Illinois, which is a big chunk of our Illinois listeners, big chunk of the the St. Louis metro area. Of course, ran against J.B. Pritzker for governor, which is a Monumental undertaking, thanks to the city of Chicago, and of course, uh, somebody who has served the people of Illinois uh, in the state house there as well. Great to see you again. Dan. Well, it's great to be back here, and uh, thank you so much. Beautiful day outside, and yeah. and just as a word of encouragement, I, I really, you know, here in the two days on the, on the eighth, it's uh, early early voting in Illinois. And when we ran for governor, I mean, I'm a farmer. I'm a business person. I don't just jump into something just because it feels good. It's like, no, I think we can do this. And and in Illinois, and I believe it's true uh, all over the place, but especially in Illinois, there's data out there that shows that if 60% of all registered voters would actually show up and vote, that we could have won. And, mm. and gosh, in Illinois, it was such a no-brainer. It was like, yeah, this, this, is, this is it. Yeah. And November 8th came and 45% was wow. all that turned out there. And the excuses I hear, many people are rebelling. They're like, my vote doesn't count. Chicago, it's rigged. But by far and wide, people had doctor's appointments, they got sick, they were out of town, They their work went over, get out and put your vote in early. Yeah. Especially in Southern Illinois, you can trust it 100%. Go yeah. to the courthouse and, and you can do that uh, next Thursday, this coming Thursday in two days. So I just wanted to throw that out there. No, I think it's a great reminder because voter turnout, I mean, for as long as I've been covering elections, uh, you know, 27 years in radio now, um, as long as I've been covering elections, voter turnout has been a, a, a struggle. And it's it, it's I, I understand all of those excuses. You know, oh, it's just one vote. My vote doesn't count. Or if you feel like, you know, there's too many of the other side, like in Illinois with Chicago or whatever. But it's the it's the it's the biggest piece of power that a voter has mm-hmm. is their vote. So. Don't let your voice be silent. It, it, yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's frustrating, uh, and it's something that it, it is a struggle across the country in so many, in so many races. I want to talk about your race, obviously, in just a moment, but I, I want to take advantage of the fact that you were just at the border, which is unbelievable, and of course this this border bill in the Senate uh, that is being so hotly debated in the in the public right now, specifically within the Republican Party, right. two factions of the Republican Party uh, arguing. Uh, for and against this bill. Tell us about that experience at the border and what you saw with your own eyes and, you know, what side of this particular deal that you, you would be on right now. 
Right. Well, interestingly enough, I don't know if you, you I'm sure you have heard Mitch McConnell just came out a little bit ago and said it's dead on arrival. Oh, okay. So, so um, I knew it was on life support. Yes. <laughs> so and Matt Gates and uh, several other uh, uh, Republicans signed on and just recently did a press conference and, and just stated that, uh, you know, this all this is nonsense. And mm-hmm. and um, so anyway, uh, had the opportunity to go you know several times to the border and i just we know we see it every day we knew what was there um I know my uh, my opponent you know touts that he's been there twice in the last 10 months well my question is where in the heck were you whenever president trump was running in 2016 you know and this 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 crisis hasn't been high up on our radar like it should have been so so we saw the truckers convoy and, and a lot of uh, just a lot of stuff kind of swelling up 50 republican governors were there a few days ago as our 25 republican governors were there a few days ago so uh, we just we had the opportunity and i just thought well you know what um, have a lot of points saved up with air and hotel so it didn't cost <laughs> taxpayers a dime and it didn't cost uh, my donors a dime so uh, we went down there and had an amazing opportunity to hold a press conference. And while we were there, uh, we met a um, a wonderful lady, uh, Julie Clark, who is running for Representative uh, Garcia, who is a, a oh, way wow. left Republican. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had several retired uh, Border Patrol agents that teamed up with us. They got us in some pretty awesome places. So uh, we go down there. It's Texas. We get uh, into uh, El Paso. The first stop we made, it's called Camp Firefly, and it is a big migrant camp. Literally was built um, just in the last few months. And this facility sets on about 40 acres. I mean, you're sitting there looking at these places. It's these white tent, big, tall air facilities, that, and, and, and it's massive. It looks like its own little city. Mm. The Border Patrol agents are all sitting outside, you know, ensuring safety. Uh, we were told that uh, the Border Patrol agent was, you know, kind of oversaw the, the entire camp. If he would have been there, I think we would have received admission to go in and see what was going on. But it was all civilians with a with a new group that President uh, Biden had established. A bunch of young people mm-hmm. were out, uh, you know, monitoring the gates and letting admission. And, and they were the ones that obviously wouldn't let us in because they figured out who we were. <laughs> but while we were there, it was really ominous because um, I guess up on the heels of the um, – so that would have been probably Saturday. I guess there was a bomb threat there. Mm-hmm. So they evacuated the camp and got everyone out. Well, they were in the process of bringing them back. So watching these busloads – of illegal aliens coming in uh, was was ominous. It was it was it was frightening, but yet to look in those windows and see their faces, it was you know it it did it it made your heart break. Um, but so so then you know I've got all that going on. So then we go down to the actual border, the river, uh, down at uh, Shelby Park, I think, where um, you know where they where the uh, uh, Texas National Guard was putting up uh, all the razor wire. Uh, they had uh, the Texas National Guard and, and the state police were out on airboats, uh, you know, up and down the river constantly. It had just rained, so the the river levels was high and the water was rushing. So they said, you know, there wasn't much going on. Walking with the Texas National Guard and some of the Border Patrol agents, I, uh, I again standing on American property, seeing this razor wire and then seeing all the trash uh, that laid around and, and the trash 
children's shoes, oh, socks, mm. underwear. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned yeah. the heartbreaking aspect yeah. of it. It is terrible. We were just talking in the last segment. We've talked a lot about this when we've discussed the border. That as much as it is an, as important it is to put a system in place at the border that works, policies that work. It's also just as important to stop the invi- the open door invitation right. because the the trek that many of these families and people go on is treacherous, is treacherous right. and Horrible. dangerous mm-hmm. and they're being lied to in some cases and oh, t- many cases yeah. and and we need to not be putting people through that journey just as much as we need to not be letting people unchecked right into our country and that's the key i, I really think Talking to a lot of the border con- uh, patrol agents, doing the research, you know, while running for Congress, I we've got everything we need in place. Just the border's been opened up, and these people have been invited to come over and w- unchecked. So, um, you know, the I, I um, obviously while we were there, there were no crossings taking place. I asked, um, I asked one of the Texas National Guard women, "What's what's the most what's the most interesting, mm-hmm. sad thing you've seen?" And she said, as they were putting the wire up, uh, when there were still masses of people coming, not everybody could get through. They were beginning to turn them away. And, and uh, you know, mothers were pushing their children through the wire, trying oh. to get them through. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, and that's, you know, so it's just frustrating. What yeah. can We have to ask ourselves. The answer isn't always just coming here. The answer is, what can we be doing more to help, you know, these 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 drug cartels? I mean. They're, they're existing and they're powerful because we're allowing it to yeah. be here in the U.S. How many years have we been talking about this fentanyl crisis, mm-hmm. sex trafficking? Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter Abigail went on a uh, went on a mission trip with Rafa House in Thailand uh, about 15 years ago, and I thought that stuff just took place over there. And then I began to realize that no, not only is it here, but Super Bowl week. Not not Super Bowl weekend, Super Bowl week. That's one of the that's one of the largest times of sex trafficking Ugh. in the in the world. Terrible. When it was over in Indianapolis a few years ago, um, you know, law enforcement, yeah. FBI. There's lots of rings. So anyway, I I, I know we're, <laughs> we're we're I'm getting you off on well, a different trail, but that's yeah. that's when I come back Part here. Of it. Well, it is because these failed politicians that have been serving forever and i'm calling for term limits why aren't we worrying about why aren't we trying to fix this mm-hmm. instead of putting band-aids on things calling for more laws no we, we people don't need to be coming in here illegally we have a process i stood in the state house arguing with my, my friends on the other side of the aisle the democrats and 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 you know calling for uh just everything from um uh, uh, voter id mm-hmm you know, and they'd stand up and they'd rail. It was always economic, and and uh, we we can't do that because it's going to cost too much. Well, I'd I'd gladly give five dollars a card to to give somebody a free driver's license or or a voter ID card, or then then that usually worked in its way into migration, letting these people just come and giving them no. Let's make it easier. The and they would stand up and tell us the the stories of having to come up with three hundred dollars for the initial application to become a citizen. What better use of our taxpayer money this day and age, maybe to help some of these people, yeah. mm. you know, to do some of this. Let's think outside the box. But first and foremost, we and I saw it. I saw it firsthand. We have to we have to secure our border. 
We have to stop this inflow, this invasion, because these millions of people, of which my opponent has voted amnesty for several times, these people are going to change the course of our country, the course of this constitutional republic, if we don't keep it in check. I fear that that might be in and of itself the uh, the grand plan. Yeah, and that well, that's why I wanted to. Uh, that is exactly why I wanted to start with the border and and your trip down there because I think that even. People, even like Katie and I, and 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 people that cover the news and keep an eye on on the border and and other important issues on a daily basis, when you are constantly hearing the same talking points from both sides and the same arguments, it can start. You can start to glaze over. And Wallpaper. I think that so many people. I think that it when people hear a firsthand account like you just gave of the realities at the border or they see it for themselves if, if they're ever able to then it cuts through and it becomes much more real than the same two-minute talking point debate that we've heard in the news for so long so i think that it's such i think that spreading that awareness of the realities of the border is such an important part of mm-hmm. this well, election I, and just going forward period well i wasn't even in 2016 when president trump ran uh for president and, and started talking about a wall i'm gonna be honest with you i was one of those that just weren't uh, i wasn't i wasn't checked into government not until you know 2017 mm-hmm. when i ran for state rep but how many years have been ta- have we been talking how many years has congress have our elected officials known about these this this problem of this border and, and this sex trafficking drug trafficking that's coming across here and and it's been ignored and why and now it's reached its pinnacle and uh, we have a pretty serious problem on our hands yep so let's talk about the race for a minute we're talking to uh, darren bailey who is running for congress in the illinois 12th district uh big part of a huge chunk of illinois big part of the st louis metro area and then goes east and southeast <laughs> it's a it's a it's a large it's a large uh chunk of the state there and i had a chance to meet you several weeks ago along with uh donald trump jr at a rally in I, i'm effingham. effingham illinois that's it that's it uh which i'm that i'm embarrassed by that because i have a friend from effingham and i'm drawing Ooh. a blank on his on his hometown um so i i wanted to 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 talk about the race but start there with the connection to the trump family how did that how did how did you make that connection and start to team up with and work with the the trump family and their effort not only at the presidency for donald trump but you know to uh, starting in 2024 hopefully put the country on a new path yeah <clears throat> there's a very wonderful uh, uh lady in chicago that is pretty well President Trump's largest personal donor and his largest fundraiser. And she first came uh, through a particular incident in contact with the Congresswoman Mary Miller. Uh, she's this this lady in, F- in uh, Chicago is a, is a Jewish woman by faith. So uh, she made connections with uh, Mary Miller after the initial January 6th uh, situation. There were some comments taken totally out of context from Congress- Congresswoman Mary. Uh, a Miller. So uh, this lady made contact with her and wanted to talk. She said, I, n- I understand exactly what she said, and I want to help you help you with the uh, the Jewish people, uh, you know, get them, get them, make sure they understand, which they did. Uh, so then through that, and when she found out that uh, uh, Mary was from Southern Illinois, she said, well, who's this Darren Bailey that, you know, had, had you know, sued the governor and did some other, who is that? <laughs> and um, so 
we made we got on her radar pretty well that's how that happened and then uh, it was uh oh gosh december of 21 was the first time that i met she invited me to come out to mar lago and, and meet with president trump and and um, that's when it all kind of uh, uh, began so just it's kind of interesting you know good friends doing good things mm-hmm. and um so i met with him several times and she is a uh, she's a powerhouse so uh, been out there many times and and she was the one pretty well that uh, convinced him that he needed to be you know supporting us and getting some of these rhinos out of the way and and it, you know it's it's interesting there's there's two little facts <laughs> regarding my race and I've, I've got to plug it some of this in but you, you, people just don't know mm-hmm. you know in 2016 when president trump was uh was and i'm running for like you said congress the 12th congressional district mike bost is the current congressman over there yeah uh, he's he you know uh, who is a, who is a republican and that's the, the kind of the next question i'm sure what you Thank were going you to address much. because that is going to be i mean we've yeah. we've seen that we've seen it on full display in the state of missouri yeah. recently with the missouri freedom caucus and republicans calling out other republicans yeah. you know that uh, you know that maybe haven't lived up to their campaign promises and things like that and we've seen it on full display in washington dc as well so this is yeah. uh this is good it's kind of a new thing for i mean we're not I, I i don't think voters are used to seeing the parties you know candidates go against each other but it's certainly happening more and more now and that is this that, that's this exact uh situation good. which i think is one of the very interesting and one of the reasons that your race is so important so well there's nothing wrong with it i want to let yeah. everyone know that it's actually very healthy if you've got a family and you've got problems the worst possible thing that you could do is stay silent speak up let others know that that, hey i'm not happy here there's problems and that's basically what i've done for two years as a state rep for two years as a state senator in illinois and then running for uh, governor and we get back and i realize cindy and i both we believe this is this is a calling for us this is our mission field that doesn't we understand full well you know we're not guaranteed victory it's just this is the journey we're on and and it is a spiritual journey for us so we get back to the farm a year ago and with the boys and we're soaking up grandkids we have a four children and 13 grandkids that's a big reason why we're on this journey but congratulations i came home one day thank you i came home one day and i just said man there's there's something here that's just not it's just i think we still have work to do so we prayed we fasted for a time and um we realized that okay our mission field still government well i i knew there was no need to go back to, to springfield because see we're in the super minority there you, you don't matter unless you compromise your values and i can tell you that about two-thirds of the republicans in the house and in the senate in illinois are compromising their values as we speak so um we thought and we considered and asked ourselves okay what about congress i have no desire in and of myself to go to uh, to go to dc but <laughs> i got on con- i got on conservativereview.com there's some conservative score cards out there and that doesn't mean they're republican sites that just means they grade bills that are affecting our lives uh, you know faith freedom family finances and all, so on conservativereview.com so I, I looked it up you can find your congressperson you can see their score and then you can look at every bill that was graded that they voted for or against and and uh, find out what that was about well, there was Congresswoman Mary Miller with a 95% A plus a year ago, and that's she was number 13 out of 283 Republicans. Mm. Um, on it's down the line, no, it's not. <laughs> on down the line, probably uh, probably 120 or so was a Darren LaHood. He was a he was a 72 percent. That's a C minus. I'm not proud of that, but you know what? I wouldn't have primaried that. Mm. You know, we're just sitting here. Okay, where do you where do we belong? 
But then yeah. for southern Illinois, the southern third, pretty well I-70, everything south mm-hmm. of Illinois, the 12th congressional district, when I saw uh, my congressman a year ago with a 50% voting record, an F minus, so I began to think, how, how did this happen? And, and I began to research, and, and that's what I saw. I saw votes against the Second Amendment. I saw amnesty votes for, for millions of illegal aliens. I saw someone who continuously votes yes for our national budget that gives $500 million to Planned Parenthood. I mean, people like Mary Miller stand up and say, I'm not voting for this budget until you remove, you know, until you remove this. Mm-hmm. Where's our voice at? Where's, where's the noise at to get our country back on track? My opponent is co-chair of the Main Street Caucus. The Main Street Caucus, as opposed to the Freedom Caucus, mm-hmm. has about as much daylight between it as Republicans <laughs> and Democrats. In 2016, when President Trump was running for president, my opponent is on record supporting John Kasich. The, the, remember wow. the governor from the first official. We were just official, talking about John Kasich, I think, yeah. with Chris the yeah. other day. Yeah. Okay, the first <laughs> official never-Trumper. And then when he lost... He boycotted the Republican convention. He's on record with all this stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, where I just don't know where it to stops at. And mm-hmm. so, well, it, 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 I, unfortunately, we're, we're almost out of time with Darren Bailey. I hope we can get you back on. Oh, I'd be honored. Because there's so many, there's so many questions, so many issues that I want to dig in with you. But the, the point you make is, is so clear, uh, especially for Illinois. I mean, it goes for everybody, but the, the voters in Illinois, I was mentioning, uh, before you you came on, where we were talking about having you in, if you look at the county map of Illinois, just like if you look at the county map for uh, the whole country, red and blue, Illinois is a very red state. Yeah. It, but the because of the huge population center in Chicago, and whether you can defeat that that population center advantage or not, you definitely have a strong voice and a lot of support throughout the state if you're a Republican voter. And so being involved in the primaries, in the generals, and having your voice heard, it's not as defeated as I think some people think it is. Because exactly. So that's why I think Thank your race you. is so important. And I hope that we can have you you back on uh, soon and, and throughout the season uh, to get into some of the issues. In the meantime, if people are listening and they want to learn more about your campaign and how to get involved and all that good stuff, website, social media. BaileyforIllinois.com is the web page. Get on there. Join us. Support us. A Facebook page. Look for Darren Bailey with the blue certification mark. That's where most of our action. I'm on Twitter. Instagram and Matt Gates is coming to Marion on uh, February the 16th here in about a week and a half to oh. endorse me. Uh, details of that are coming out as well. So we got a lot going on. You want to find out more about my opponent? Go to amnestymike.com and check that out. God bless you and thank you so much. Yeah, Darren Bailey, great to have you in studio. You, Hope to talk to you again soon. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. For podcast articles and more, find us on newstalkstl.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 1199941 News Talk STL. Great stuff. Uh, very compelling information about the border. Mm-hmm. 
Discussion about uh, the very important congressional race happening just across the river in Illinois. Many of our listeners uh, there are in the uh, 12th District of Illinois. Darren Bailey, who is running for Congress against Mike Bost, um, in that uh, for that congressional seat, was just with us. If you missed any of that, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you can go back and listen to it. And joining us now on the line, as he does every Tuesday afternoon, is our buddy Crane Durham from Nothing but truth.com and crane even if we're getting to you a little bit later than usual on a tuesday brothers don't shake hands it's a delayed hug and it's a long hug for a long cold winter as tom <laughs> keeper would say the fact is these problems aren't going away and the solutions being offered do not solve the problem which is one thing and it's big time it's trust Yes, yes, and you know what? And I wanted to uh, ask you about this. I don't know if you were if you were able to hear any of that conversation with Darren Bailey, but it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing that is uh, sort of new to politics, and we've seen it uh, on display uh, front and center recently across the country and in our area in both Missouri and Illinois. This is a, a specifically his race uh, in Illinois is you know a Republican primarying a Republican. And we've seen in Washington, D.C., Republicans in the Freedom Caucus taking on Republicans. We've seen it here in the state of Missouri, Republicans in the Freedom Caucus taking on some of the more uh, traditional or maybe institutionalized, uh, that's probably the wrong word, Republicans. But uh, what overall, is this good or bad for advancing conservative policies, electing conservative leaders, uh, this this infighting and and the the willingness to take on your own side if you if you think that there's a, a problem happening is it is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, and I'm not dodging this. It all depends, and I'll get to what it depends on here. First and foremost, generally speaking, I always like competition. I always like people making their case to their own constituency as well as those that disagree. So I'm a fan of it. I'm also a fan of accountability, but we also have to get to a point or additionally, we have to get to a point where people coming in can not merely talk about their performance in opposition per se or support per se of something. They've got to get the hard work done. They've got to be able to craft it. That comes down to communication. It comes down to negotiation. I think we got rolled on the immigration debate discussion not because Langford's a bad guy Mm -hmm. but he wasn't a pit bull in the way of others who have been there and in talking about this problem and dealing with it and look when I come in to a situation that is terribly unreasonable I can't be reasonable because reasonable means I accept the status quo at some point And the status quo is we're letting people into this country illegally, which is a crime. That's that that can't continue. Crane, whenever we go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, when we talk about this border crisis, we have Corrine Jean-Pierre going on the podium today saying Republicans are playing games with our national security. Republicans are lacking the spine to do what's right when it comes to making a deliberate decision on what's going on with the border just because they're putting their foot down on this bipartisan, quote unquote, border bill. What are your thoughts on the White House and Corrine Jean-Pierre using the podium to accuse Republicans of putting 
our border in jeopardy? Well, I think the White House has really got a good thing going with Kareem Jean-Pierre. I mean, obviously, she was chosen for her talent. And so her smart. And her That's why yeah. she's being replaced by John uh, Kirby, or excuse me, it, the job is being kind of slided off to Kirby on certain occasions. I digress only to make this point. The idea that they can tell us something that we know with our own eyes is not true and then have a president come up and give a speech demonizing and then talking about let's get together on this one when we know day one and right now he could change the policy and enforce the law. It's all about stay in Mexico, but truly it's about a Trump policy that was successful and because it had orange man on it, it was put back and said, no, we can't have that. And he screwed up. And America knows it, and the facts know it, and the history will tell it. Mm-hmm. And this is what's happening. We're being fed lies that are contradicted in real time by our own eyes. And, we, and we've seen this consistently, the big lies being told, whether it's support for Hamas, anti-Israel, whether it's the immigration issue being about race and not about the rule of law and behavior. So I think America's fed up. And what characterizes that and encapsulates that is the vision of those thugs walking out of a courthouse the other day flicking off americans and after they attack law enforcement i mean at some point it's not just you katie uh you the rest of us we're all sitting here been talking about hey you know what bernard goldberg wrote a book called bias it's 25 30 years old but it's right flipping on and you gotta see it because it leads to our destruction if we don't address it crane uh you just touched on it and uh darren bailey touched on it in that last segment i think it's it's important for people to remember and i think it's important thing that to just know that there are so many issues including the border that if we just enforced the laws on the books we could if we just enforced our own laws in so many areas that are currently there uh, mm-hmm. things could get a lot better. I'm not saying we have every solution, but uh, we could get a lot. Things would get a lot better if we just did that. Kareem, we're almost out of time. Uh, I dropped the ball. I dropped the ball last week on asking uh, our, our percentages, uh, and this is perfect because just yesterday, uh, Donald Trump uh, on the Dan Bongino show right before Colombo and Katie here on News Talk STL uh, challenged Joe Biden to a debate immediately. He said he wanted to debate him. He wanted to debate Joe Biden now and basically every mm-hmm. night. He mm-hmm. said he was available to debate every night for the rest of the year if uh, if Joe Biden, if the president was up for it. Uh, so that brings me to my question uh, about uh, the debates and, of course, the election. Uh, will it be Trump and Biden? Uh, where are you at this week on your, your percentage that Donald Trump will be the eventual Republican nominee and that uh, the percentage chance that Joe Biden will be on the ballot for the Democrats? Uh, 95 to 97 on Trump. Okay. And uh, I'm going 15 to 18 percent on Biden, which is a drop. I, 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 watched him, I watched him come out to the podium today and he's just getting slower and slower. I, I just I don't see him continuing. Uh, maybe he'll make June. Maybe. Well, I, I'm just saying at some point, he, I, I don't think he has the ability to perform his job even when it's said to him. 
I, we'll get into we'll get into the conversation uh, maybe next week when we have you on. But just yes or no, do you take stock in the idea of Michelle Obama being the person that the DNC puts forward? Uh, I think it's a possibility, as yeah. Gavin Newsom is a possibility. Gotcha. I think those two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I did not think that uh, that Michelle Obama was realistic uh, over the last couple of months, but I'm starting to possibly change my mind on that. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that and much more uh, in the coming weeks. Crane Durham, thank you so much, as always, for your time, my friend. Of course, you can hear Crane every Tuesday with us here and uh, all the time at NothingButTruth.com and the Nothing But Truth Facebook page. Love you, buddy. Talk to you soon. I love you both very much. Thank you very much and great interview. Take <laughs> Thanks, care. Crane. Thanks, dude. Great stuff, as always, from Crane. Again, nothingbuttruth.com and the Nothing But Truth Facebook page to keep up with Crane on a daily basis. All right. We are going to talk about the Vince McMahon controversy, which is I'm seeing uh, reporters starting to try to bring Vince McMahon and his relationship with Donald Trump uh, into this conversation. Vince McMahon is accused of some really horrible things and he's good friends with Donald Trump and we're going to talk about that situation next. To this